Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Letterman Row. I am Austin Ward, joined by Spencer Holbrook. This is Rapid Reaction, brought to you by Buyers Auto. And the fact that we are uh, rapidly reacting to something, Spencer, means that there's going to be some football to talk about again soon. Ohio State now. We, we knew that they were planning on a uh, relatively normal spring, that they were going to uh, make every effort to get to those 15 practices in March and April. But it certainly wasn't guaranteed. We, still, we don't know exactly how this, it will be structured. We don't even know officially when it will end because uh, while they will start on March 19th um, and they've set a, a date aside April 17th for the spring game, uh, that last one is a little bit of a moving target. We don't know if fans will be allowed to attend, even though the state of Ohio is now uh, loosening some of those retri- uh, restrictions for sporting events, um, whether – whether they will have a, a full game, a scrimmage, even though Ryan Day's talked about trying to have numerous, uh, you know, full contact game-like environments to try and make up for what happened last season. Well, whatever. We don't need those, those details for April. We know that they're playing in March or getting back on the practice field in March. That's been confirmed. They can move forward with that. I think that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, we, we get to a point where having spring practice – this spring is not really an odd thing. You know, last year we lost the entire, almost the entire spring. And that just really was, was not fun for anybody involved, including us, the fans, the players, everybody. I think that, that just having a spring practice schedule tells you that there's going to be some level of normalcy, hopefully by mid April, when, when spring practice is really kicking into high gear, we won't have to worry about talking about testing numbers and whether they're on the field or off the field and whether an entire unit is out for 10 days. I just hope that we can get back to some normalcy. And this seems like the first step toward that. Yeah, I mean, and, and some of the stuff, like we we know that Ohio State has had players test positive, that things went through the program, but we've not, you know, everybody quarantined when they came back. Uh, those new early enrollees had to go through that. So that part of it is still just living in the world right now. Um, the, the, the Woody Hayes Athletic Center probably not going to be open to the media members. We, we tend to get three or four, uh, sometimes five chances to go look at that and evaluate and uh, you know, information that we need to get through the offseason and talk about them. I don't know if that will exist. I'm optimistic that maybe uh, Ryan Day will take some of the steps that he did last fall during training camp where he, again, wanted to get some of those scrimmages to get some live action and put them in the horseshoe, took his team in there, and that makes it easier for uh, them to let us come in and watch. Um, you know, I don't know if that will happen. I, I think that there's a decent chance of that. Um it's not that they would want to continue to operate in secrecy, but if they're going to maintain that bubble and keep everybody safe as, as best they can, they can't be letting us in off the street. Uh, no matter if uh, you're vaccinated, not vaccinated, had the disease, what you know, had had COVID, whatever. So the fact that we're still talking about that sucks. But yeah. they've got 15 opportunities ahead of them that are are pretty significant. Yeah, and if you talk about quarterback battle and fixing the secondary and figuring out who's going to replace Tommy Togiai, replacing four linebackers. You've got so many different angles you can attack this thing with. And to have 15 practices now, uh, they're confident they can get all 15 in. That's a huge step for the program, especially for, for some of those second-year guys who thought they were going to be getting 15 last year and don't didn't get that. And then the early enrollees now get their first 15. Like Spring practice is such a huge building block for any program. And just to be able to talk about a – pseudo normal spring practice and having these practices is just huge. I, I, it, you can see the smile on my face. It just, we're back to football. I think that's awesome. Yeah. And you know, I don't want to make it sound like more than it is, but there was a, certainly a possibility that this couldn't happen, that 
uh, the Big Ten or the NCAA would step in and say it would be in everyone's best interest if we don't do this, uh, you know, right now. We're, we want to be safe. You don't, you don't need it. But I think if you asked every college football coach in America how important it is, you know, there's a reason that we keep talking about that with, you know, the pass defense in the secondary, for example. Those reps that were missing um, impacted the players in terms of their development and impacted Kerry Combs terms of his ability to help ins install a new scheme. Um, you know, the, the wear and tear on the body is not the same. Football is a game that you need to – you need to hit people. You need to practice. You need to play at high speed if you're going to be able to play it. And those were all challenges when you took away, you know, 12 of them. That was the end of the first week when Ohio State had to shut it down. That was – they canceled the spring game first. And you're like, uh, oh, all right, well, that, that was maybe a wake-up call for us in our college football world okay, this is, this is getting in to be a, a much bigger deal. So, again, it, the fact that we could now, you know, what, no matter how much we get to watch, you know, talk to players, talk to coaches, get some updates about what's been happening from the people that we know in there and, and actually just, you know, talk about the game again and not, as you said, the testing details. I think that's important, especially because you said, you know, the number one factor here is, and as we start the position previews at Letterman Row, who's going to be the quarterback for this team. And you have to have these, these dates, these opportunities uh, set aside because none of them have attempted a pass at the college level, which is just absolutely crazy to think about. Yeah. And I, I think back to when we got to watch one spring practice last year, Jack Miller and CJ Shroud were handing off to air with no football, even in their hands. They were just practicing under center, taking snap and practicing a handoff. And they finally got a football in their hands, but they did like the bare minimum through spring practice because they were just learning the basics of what it meant to be a quarterback of Ohio State. And then that got canceled until basically until August and September. And, and you think to all of that development that they lost, and obviously they got some of that throughout the, the fall and you know not being able to play in games, but just the practice in the fall that they got, they're not that far ahead of where, of where Kyle McCord's going to come in uh, right now. Maybe, maybe I'm, making too big of a deal of that, but I think this competition is going to be really interesting. And when you just think about the lack of reps they got all year last year, and now we finally get to start, you know, zeroing in on who's going to be the guy that that's a big deal for a program that, that needs a, needs a quarterback, which is obviously the biggest position on the field. Yeah. I think we're going to talk about this a ton more and uh, you know, we can, we're going to get into every single angle of it throughout March and April and up until August. I, I, I tend to think that, that year, even as abnormal as it was for C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller, is is more important and uh, giving them a bigger edge than it might seem to people. I understand the, you know, why there's a perception that Kyle McCord could close that gap in a short time, and that you know those two not throwing a pass in a game uh, opens up that door. I, I'm not, I don't know that I'm right or wrong about it, but. You know, the fact that they both enrolled early, they went through those mat drills before things got shut down. They physically developed. You know, they were spending all year in the Zoom meetings. Uh, they learned from Justin Fields. They learned from Corey Dennis. They learned from Ryan Day. You know, they still had to be prepared to step on the field, which C.J. Stroud did late in the year, you know, even if it was just a play or two at a time. You know, the fact that Ohio State was prepared to have him be the backup option uh, at that point tells me that he was ahead of Jack Miller, and I would think that both of them will stay ahead of Kyle McCord, no matter how talented he is, just because of this advantage. But that's going to have to play out in March. Maybe I'm not giving Kyle McCord enough credit, or maybe I will wind up being right that even one year, as weird as it was, you know, helps them mentally and physically prepare. 
that's obviously the number one overall topic here. If you had to pick a second one, Spencer, you know, what do you want to find out by the end of April? I, I this might be the you know, the easiest answer to give, but I want to know what's going to happen at that running back spot. There's six guys in that room um, that all could probably play running back pretty well. I think there is so much talent there. You know what you have with some of these guys. The, the unknown is so fun to think about uh, with the other guys. And you got two freshmen that are coming in that, that, you know, are not coming in to not play. They're not just stepping on the campus and expecting to, you know, contribute as juniors and seniors. Those guys want on the field. I think that position is just fascinating. I want to see what Tony Alford does and how he manages uh, carries in the spring because I think that could translate to uh, maybe a hint at what could happen in August and September. I don't think that this is number two on the list, but I, I added it to, you know, the story uh, on Tuesday for Letterman Row with the three pressing questions for the offense, like quarterback and running back are one and two that I have, but I, I'm kind of intrigued by a second tight end. And that seems like a weird thing to get caught up on, but Ohio state, you know, with Kevin Wilson, and Ryan day, so much the last two years, some of it is personnel based because they had Luke Farrell, Jake Hausman and Jeremy Rucker to play with that. They went to these two tight end sets uh, much more frequently. You know, I, I think that they like what that provides that versatility. So is Cade Stover ready to, to be that other guy? I mean, Luke Farrell, I don't think gets enough credit for the value that he brought and then what that meant to the offense overall running game, especially, um, but passing game when it worked to that, uh, you know, I, I, we know Cade Stover will blow people up and he's going to look for contact and he'll help uh, whatever is required as a blocker. But we know that he's got the ability when the football is in his hands too. thinking back to him running back um, in high school. Uh, you know, we saw <laughs> that first day of spring practice before the world changed Getting catching a lot of footballs where Ohio State seemed like really be making an emphasis to get him up to speed. Uh, that you know obviously hit a snag a little bit, but now you know they really have no choice with Farrell and Houseman gone. Got Joe Royer working in there. Sam Hart will have an opportunity, of course, but you know if they want to use a bunch of those two tight end sets still, which they may not, considering what they have at wide receiver, they can do whatever they want. Um, you know, Kate Stover would be an option there that I think uh, I'd like to see in person this spring, so that we could talk about him more in the summer. Well, you know, it wouldn't be a march at Ohio State without talking about if this yeah, is the right. year yeah. for tight ends. So maybe that is the third most pressing thing on the board for Ohio State, because like you said, they love those two tight end sets. Kevin Wilson has loved tight ends since he was born, I think. And so <laughs> you need a second guy, and that's a big deal. You know, you got to have a guy that you can rely on at that second spot, because Jeremy Ruckert's going to be awesome. We already know that. But, but you know, God forbid something happened to Jeremy Ruckert. you got to have a guy step in to, to – help with the run game and help, help uh, protect the quarterbacks when, when he's called upon and also catch some passes. So it is a big deal. I, I, I think so too. Hey, it's, it's March. We know when spring practice is going to start, we get to talk about football again. I will take it. This has been rapid reactions brought to you by buyers auto uh, starting to maybe feel a little bit more normal. We'll see if they can keep making that process, that progress, get something together for the horseshoe on April 17th. We'll see either way. They're going to be back on the practice field at this point on March 19th. That's Spencer Holbrook. I'm Austin Ward. This has been Rapid Reaction brought to you by Byers Auto. We will see you next time at Letterman Row for full coverage of Ohio State football.